Oh, I guess there's a lot more drinks that Florida offers. Because at Olga's in Florida, they have a Rodian ration. Ration? Ration. That's the word. I said it right in my head. Which is a cocktail that has vodka, sour, apple, liqueur, Sprite, and green apple popping pearls. Ooh, that sounds amazing, though. Popping pearls. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like anal beads. Popping pearls. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about anymore. <laughs> Look, can, can I get that uh, exclusive anal bead drink, please? <laughs> I'm going to get a text soon being like you're being too fucking loud to go to sleep. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F F Yeah Yeah Disney. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode six of F yeah Disney. We are so excited to be back here. Thank you, everybody who has downloaded and listened to our shows. Uh, you never know, again, as I always say, when we do these kind of things, if anybody's actually listening. But the numbers that we see on our downloads uh, say more than just uh, zeros, so we know we have an audience. So thanks so much for being out there and listening. Uh, today is going to be a fun episode as we're going to be discussing the history of Splash Mountain as we have celebrated their 30th anniversary as of July 17th, uh, which it opened in 1989. Uh, Julie and I just recently, as of like three days ago, uh, got the newest release, Funko Pops, celebrating the 30th anniversary, which I didn't even know that were going to be released. And then I saw them and I was like, holy shit, we got to get these. And then uh, $100 later, we both have a set of Funko Pops. <laughs> But they're super cute, and we're excited about it. So that uh, Funko Pop thing inspired us to want to talk and share the history of Splash Mountain, which we will be getting into later in the show. Uh, but for now, Miss Julie, how have you been doing, and uh, what you drinking on? I am great. And, okay, so this is going to probably, like, discredit me completely because I'm going to reference Twilight. But whenever you ask me that question, all I think of is i can't even think of his freaking name either mike what's his last name <sighs> hey siri asking a- asking <laughs> uh, oh how cute uh asking bella how you liking the rain girl Shh. siri i'm trying to talk here Jeez. um so that's what it reminds me every time you ask me that but i'm drinking some wine tonight mm, fancy it's actually the bottle of wine that I bought for us while you were up here that we never got a chance to drink. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it is Ravenswood Old Vine Zinfandel. And it is a wonderful red Zinfandel because I'm not a 60-year-old woman drinking white Zinfandel. Hmm. But uh, I really like... So I don't really like sweet wines at all. 
and Zinfandels have a really nice, like, spicy, peppery finish to them. And this one is extra good considering it was like a $7 bottle of wine. Hey, some of my favorite bottles of wine are from Trader Joe's. I almost said Trader Sam's, but Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> that are like six bucks. Like, there's one that has an owl on it. I think it's called maybe Owl. I don't really know, but it's. Uh, <laughs> their, their Cabernet that they have and their Shiraz are amazing. I love them. They had a red blend, and they keep telling me what it was called, but they discontinued it. But it had this picture, and it almost looked like a blueprint of a grape press, like a wine press. Hmm. And it was a red blend that finished like a Zinfandel, and it was like 10 bucks, and it was so delicious. And I got it a couple times, and then they stopped selling it. Huh, those bastards. Really, really rude. What are you drinking tonight, baby? Uh, today I went outside of uh, my normal, no, my normals. I'm drinking a uh, outside Leia. of your normals. I don't know. I really don't have a normal. I just it's it's hot as shit in Florida, so I prefer like an IPA or some kind of something light and crispy. So tonight I'm drinking on a Kona Brewing Company's uh, Hanalea. I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, it's an island IPA. It is absolutely delicious. Uh, it has uh, passion fruit, orange, and guava in it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Delicious. What's fun with this bottle, too, is it actually has uh, imprinted on the actual bottle is the islands of Hawaii. Oh, that's fun. And it says liquid aloha, which I'm assuming means liquid hello or goodbye. Because doesn't aloha mean hello and goodbye? Yes, sir. Sweet. The, uh, The label on my bottle has three ravens that are kind of like intertwined together. It's really pretty cool. Cool. Something else going on this week, uh, some stuff in within some current current this week Disney news, is uh, they have had cast member previews at Galaxy's Edge, uh, which is super exciting. Yeah, they can invite friends and family. I don't know how many, but... I think it's four. You're a friend. Yeah. I like four know. extra, or like you get four passes total? I think it's... I, I don't know. I think it's like a cast member and then three, maybe. Maybe it's just one. I don't really know, honestly. So for my pass holder preview, they said as long as the guests were also pass holders at Platinum or higher mm-hmm. and were part of my friends and family, I could add them to my preview. <coughs> and it didn't it didn't say any sort of limit. So I added Amy even though she won't be able to come down. Uh, well that stinks. Well, I can dress up like Amy and use her pass if you want to bring it with you. I, I mean, if you could steal her fingerprint. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, though. Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they've also been doing some gondola tests this week. Uh, there has been footage that has been on the Instagrams and the onlines and the interwebs of the Imagineers uh, testing actually inside the gondolas uh, going for rides. And we had talked in the last episode about uh, cast member tests coming up soon for the gondolas. Uh, but this was the first time that they've actually had human beings uh, inside the uh, gondolas. It was pretty cool to see this. And it's super exciting. I know some of the stations are getting really close to being done. Some of them just need some foliage, maybe a little paint here and there. Uh, but we're getting really close. And the gondola systems officially open up on September 29th to guests. And don't you know, I will be in line waiting to ride that some bitch because that's a perspective I have been wanting to see of the parks in a long time, and it will take me back to my childhood when I used to ride the death buckets at Magic Kingdom. I guess that means that I am also going to be in line to ride these things. Oh, you better believe it, woman. But yeah, Miss Julie got a 
got her email and uh, was able to book a date to be uh, a guest at Galaxy's Edge for Passholder Previews, which we're excited about. So uh, once she gets back from that, we will be doing, she's going to do some vlogging, which will be a first for us here as we get our YouTube channel going, and uh, going to be doing some a full recap of everything that she has experienced. And the fun thing is the experience will be of her going solo, uh, no pun intended, with Han Solo. <laughs> but uh, she'll probably have some people she'll be meeting up with and what have you, but... I'll be uh, Julie, Julie Solo. She'll be Julie Solo. There you go. But yeah, so when Julie gets back from that, uh, we'll, we'll have, uh, probably when you get, actually, by the time you move to Florida, will be that next episode. And uh, that next episode we'll be doing on her arrival to Florida will be our recap. So all that being said, I think it's time for us to get into our first segment, This Week in Disney, which is going to be covering the week of August 11th through the 17th. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think I would. <laughs> All right, so this week in Disney, August 12th, 1929. This is a major milestone for Disney, as Walt Disney is granted a trademark for the use of the image of Mickey Mouse in motion pictures. And the fun thing with this is that these trademarks are only last for so long. And uh, there's been a theory going around that the reason that Disney has recently updated the look of Mickey Mouse is because that look is their newest trademark for Mickey Mouse. So that way, because uh, eventually Mickey Mouse's trademarks will expire. And then anybody in the world could use Mickey as a character in anything that they create merchandise-wise. Uh, so they have to con continuously update this character look. And so by updating the Mickey Mouse, they can then file a new trademark for that specific look of that character. Don't know if that's completely 100% true or not. I have a friend of mine who's a lawyer that deals with trademarks and copyright stuff that I'm going to be having on my other podcast pretty soon. And this is actually a question I'm going to ask him about because I'm really curious if that's what uh, the fact is. But still, 1929, Walt Disney is granted a trademark for the use of the image of Mickey Mouse in motion pictures. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. August 12, 1942, uh, Disney's fifth full-length animated feature, Bambi, has its U.S. premiere at the Radio City Music Hall in New York City. Directed by David Hand and distributed through RxO Pictures, the voice cast includes Hardy Albright as adolescent Bambi, Donnie Dunnigan as young Bambi, Sam Edwards as adult Thumper, Sterling Holloway as adult Flower, uh, Bambi will then receive, uh, will go on to receive three Academy Award nominations for Best Sound, Best Song for Love is a Song, and the Original Music Score. And uh, Not going to lie, uh -huh. don't think I've seen Bambi all the way through. Uh, to me, it's uh, at, at the time, it, as a child growing up, and I remember seeing the re-release of this in the theaters, uh, back when Disney used to do re-releases of their animated movies, uh, at the time was the saddest Disney film I had ever seen. I remember crying like a little baby. Through most of the I've movie. seen the scene. I cried, but I don't think I've ever actually watched the movie all the way through. Hmm. I know the characters. I know famous lines from the movie. I used to have a teeny tiny little plastic thumper that I used to play with. Some of the cutest uh, topiaries that they do at Flower and Garden are also the, the Bambi characters. I love them. I love flowers. Flower. Flower. Singular. singular. Flower with flowers. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> now, this next one is going to be uh, one that was impacted me personally, uh, being a Floridian. August 13th, 2004, Walt Disney World and other anxious Orlando tourists and residents hunker down as Hurricane Charlie 
with 110 mile an hour winds hit Central Florida. Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Disney MGM Studios, and Animal Kingdom all close at 1 p.m. And it's the third time ever that Disney World had closed in its history at that time. So my sister was in Disney during this. So I guess I wasn't five when she went to Disney. Um, I guess shortly after this because it became the tropical storm that hit us yep. in the north while my sister was in Disney. And I remember watching my dad stake trees in the backyard and doing puzzles with my grandmother on this little round table in our hallway. Huh. And putting a whole bunch of pots in my bedroom because the ceiling was leaking. Uh, August 13th, 2017. And when I didn't know anything about this until I read this. The Great Movie Ride and... The Universe of Energy featuring Ellen's Energy Adventure both close at the end of the day at Walt Disney World. I was so mad because the last trip that Amy and I took right before that, what year did that say? Uh, 19 or 2017. 17, okay. I wasn't sure if you said 2013. Um, but the trip before that, so I think it was March. It was either March or January that Amy and I were there, but I think it was our March trip. And we didn't go on the great movie ride that trip because it was like a 20-minute wait, which seems like nothing now that it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But I remember looking at her and being like, we'll just ride it our next trip. And then reading in maybe mid-July that it was closing and both of us just being so upset with ourselves for not going on it in March. Now, what's interesting, though, is that it was they both closed on the same damn day. I had no idea. I knew that they were closing. I got a chance to go ride both rides. Um, Way to they, rub it in. I know. That just happens that I live in Florida and have access to these things. Um, it's cool. You could have just not shared that story with me. I'm just well, going to go sit in a corner can, and cry you can, now. You can live vicariously through me. <sighs> we share the same brain. Hmm. So a little, little history and facts on the, the rides. Uh, debuting with, uh, with the park on May 1st, 1989, when the park was originally called Disney's MGM Studios, as some of us affectionately still call it. Uh, the mm -hmm. Great Movie Ride employed the use of audio-animatronic figures, live actors, special effects, and projections to recreate iconic scenes from classic films throughout the motion picture history. Best ride ever. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, the attraction, located inside a replica of Grauman's Chinese Theater, directly inspired the creation of the theme park itself. A Mickey Mouse-themed ride called Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is planned to replace the Great Movie Ride, which I think is going to be a great replacement. It's no different than everybody freaking the fuck out when they shut down Tower of Terror and, and California Adventure, and then they replace it with the Guardians, and everybody it's loves... It's not that good. I do enjoy walking through the entrance, because you're walking through the collector's collection, and there's a figment, but I prefer Tower of Terror. Well, I'm telling you right now that I think it's a great new addition, because the fact that you get a different music every time you go, and the music depicts what your ride is going to be. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, but it's cool. It's not my least favorite ride ever. Well, anyways. We'll, we'll, Although we'll I never I never rode Tower of Terror when I went to Disneyland, so I'm not, I know it's definitely different than... So Disneyland's Tower of Terror was just... Was nothing at all like ours in Hollywood Studios. It was just up and down and up and down, right? Yeah, pretty much. There was no cute. There was no scene that we get like all that stuff. You know, totally different. So and I think there's it was no, a bit I, I know because I know there's no track or anything like that because there are six um, elevator shafts and they just kind of go up and down. Yeah. 
So, so if that's all that it was, then it's a, a much better ride. But compared to our Tower of Terror... Yeah, it's a good update. Now, if they if they came into that to our Tower of Terror, I would lose my fucking mind. And I mean, I'm fine with them not having like the the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror name anymore. Now it's the Hollywood Tower of Terror. I'm fine with that. Because I know Disney's getting away from other IPs, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh... You know, whatever. But the 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 runaway railway, I think, is going to be an amazing new addition to this park, uh, not only for cl- crowd overflow, but also just a fun new experience that's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. I mean, we all think Galaxy's Edge stuff is unique and new. I think this is going to be a whole new thing. And the Great Movie Ride was fun, but it got old. It was just it was it just ran its course and it was done. It was old. I disagree. I'm very excited about the new ride. However, I will sincerely miss the Great Movie Ride. It was one of my favorites. Yeah, I'll miss it, too. Uh, also, the Universe of Energy was a pavilion located in the eastern half of Future World at Epcot, containing one attraction, Ellen's Energy Adventure, starring Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Nye. It will be replaced with a Guardians of Galaxy-themed attraction. The Universe of Energy pavilion opened in Epcot in October 1982 and was updated to its current version with Ellen DeGeneres as host in 1996. And that was also... I'm bitter about that. Sorry. I'm bitter about that because... Bill Nye is the shit, and it makes me sad that he's not there anymore. Dude, Alex Trebek still had his mustache. It was it was needed to go. It was due. I love Bill Nye. Don't get me wrong. But it was overdue. Not to mention the fact that now the queue is going to take up the entire building that the Universe of Energy took up, which is crazy. Seriously? So, yeah, that entire building will become the queue. Better be the best fucking queue ever. Dude, the ride is going to be amazing. I'm very excited. So while I am a tiny bit upset that Bill Nye and Ellen's energy magical adventure is gone, I am insanely excited about this ride. The problem is, are are all you childless millennials? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I just spiked so hard with that laugh. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I was um, I had to I was all all week I'm like I'm going to bring that up once this week on this episode. <laughs> I shared so many memes with Canis <laughs> about that. August 16th, 2011, Walt Disney World Classic Adventureland attraction Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room officially reopens and it reopens after uh, the original or not the original the second version that was a complete catastrophe that was uh I'm not even going to bring it up. Well, that's, I'm going to bring it up cuz I'm about to read you about it. <laughs> <laughs> So it says a virtually identical copy of the show called Tropical Serenade. It was installed at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom when the park opened in 1971. Although accompanied by a new pre-show, the main show was the same. Tropical Serenade was replaced in 1998 with the Enchanted Tiki Rooms under new management featuring Iago and Zazu from Aladdin and The Lion King. On January 12th, 2011, and this is in air quotes, a small fire broke out... (laughs) Broke out in the attic of the attraction, severely damaging the Iago audio animatronic figure. And it did. Thank God. One one cool thing about it, though, was that there was a tiki goddess that they had in there that was amazing. And she was ruined because of the water sprinklers. But she is now featured at uh, Trader Sam's in the bar there. Uh, and uh, she doesn't light up or move. Her eyes light up, I believe. Have not yet been there, which is ridiculous. I'm taking you. Oh, I know. I, I can't wait. But uh, anyway, so that's the one good thing that was about that. Everything else about that was a travesty. 
Uh, so anyways, thank goodness for this fire because they then closed it for repairs and improvements. Since then, Walt Disney's Enchanted the Tiki Room now features a state-of-the-art show-controlled system, remastered audio, and a new versatile and energy-efficient lighting system. <laughs> and it's a great place to go get a Dole Whip and then go in there and cool off afterwards. Ooh. Yeah, it's cool. I've done that. So one thing I do miss about that area was the uh, cl- the uh, call call parrot call birds whatever you want to call them they used to have out uh, outside. Uh, they had a parrot that would like harass you as you'd walk by that would like to call you in. Uh, there's a name for that, and I'm having a brain fart. Uh, but there's a you know like the guy that would stand outside the circus and be like, you know, come on in, see the fat lady and the bearded woman and the guy that eats snakes and the guy that swallows swords and all this. You know, they had a parrot that was outside that would that would hack at you and talk at you and stuff that would bring you in. So, anyways, there you go. Uh, August 16th, 2015, uh, big plans at D23 were announced. Plans for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, a Star Wars-themed area being developed within Disneyland Park at Disneyland Resorts in Anaheim, California, and Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World Resorts in Orlando, Florida, are announced at the D23 Expo. Construction will begin... Construction began at both parks on April 14th, 2016, uh, with Galaxy's Edge already opening over in Disneyland. And ours, as we talked uh, in the pre-show here, was is now going through cast member previews and soon AP previews, media events, and then open to everybody else. Super excited for that. August 17th, 2000... <laughs> oh, no. August 17th, 1986... Luxo Jr., the first film produced in 1986 by Pixar Animation Studios, following its establishment as an independent film studio, premieres in Dallas. A computer-animated short film, just two and a half minutes, including the credits, it is John Lasseter's second short and the first film from Steve Jobs' newly formed company, Pixar. The success of Luxo Jr. will be followed by a series of shorts, uh, Red Dream, Tin Toy, and Knick-Knack, in which the Pixar artists explore and develop their medium. Much as Disney had used the Silly Symphonies as stepping stones to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Today, Luxo is the small hopping desk lamp included in Pixar's corporate logo. Luxo Jr. will be released in 1999 along with Toy Story 2. Very cool. And finally, August 17th, 2010, Toy Story Playland opens in Walt Disney World Studios Park in Disneyland, Paris. It is the first Disney park to have a Toy Story-themed area. Although at Hong Kong Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland, and Disney's Hollywood Studios, it will be known simply as Toy Story Land. The Disneyland Paris area features RC Racer, Slinky Dog, Zigzag Spin, and Toy Soldiers Parachute Drop. So there you go. This has been This Week in Disney, August 11th through August 17th. And now that we've covered things in the past, it's time to talk about things in the present and future. With our next segment, To Infinity and Beyond. To Infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To Insanity and a Blonde. What do you even That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To Immunity and Respond. To Indecency to and... Infrequently. Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's To Infinity and Beyond. Now it's time for uh, To Infinity and Your Mom. Take it away, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Disneyland... 
The Main Street Electrical Parade has returned. Mm. I wish we were there. Mm-hmm. Disney Parks blog did a live stream of the parade, which I don't know if it's available to watch now or if it was just live. Yeah, they are. Whenever Disney on their YouTube channel, they uh, mm-hmm. well, they save them on there as, as things like their New Year's Eve ball drop and stuff. You can watch oh, watch fun. those again. Yeah. So we can just recreate that as like a backdrop for pictures. So I was going to watch <laughs> it today and I was actually going to watch it last night when it was live and I couldn't do it. I was I felt like I was gonna have uh, too much heartache watching it. I couldn't do it's it. So sad. It was the first parade I've ever seen. I mean, okay, so technically the Move It Shake It parade was the first parade I ever saw, but this was the real first like real Disney parade that I ever saw. Yeah, and you probably saw it then on like the third rendition of it being at Magic Kingdom. Yep. Something. Like it was that. something like that. It was in two thousand seven. Is that when I turned 21? 2008? 2009? I don't know. It was like 10 years ago. But they have some really awesome food options, especially for the electrical parade, which are super awesome. They have a popcorn bucket, of course, that has the, um, the Main Street electrical parade sign and then a couple of the floats around it. I wonder if it glows in the dark. It doesn't say, but it's super cool. It'd be cool if it actually lit up. (laughs) That would be really cool, but that would be a very expensive popcorn bucket. But they have the Main Street Electrical Parade Crispy Treat, which is a crispy treat dripped in vanilla-flavored chocolate and decorated with multicolored sprinkles and a chocolate logo. So it kind of looks like all the lights on all the floats, which is super cool. A Caterpillar Marshmallow Wand, which is a marshmallow coated in caramel dipped in chocolate. Looking like a caterpillar. Hmm. I assume it's probably three marshmallows, maybe, to look like a caterpillar. It's hard to see because it's in the background and blurry of this picture. Um, And then they have a ladybug cake pop. And it makes me sad that it's a vanilla cake pop because chocolate cake pops are my favorite. But it's dipped in cherry flavored chocolate. And it looks like a cute little ladybug and it has little spots on it, which is awesome. And then there is a snail cake pop, which is also a vanilla cake pop. Why? Give me a chocolate one. Come on. Man, this is giving me the Disney feels because all I can hear is like the those crazy little squeaky like <laughs> noises that they make when they like spin around and stuff. Aww. You know, they go by you. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was dipped in watermelon flavored chocolate, which is interesting obviously white chocolate Hmm. uh and it's decorated with black licorice gross nothing should ever have black licorice on it ever it's like the devil's candy (laughs) um (coughs) red chocolate (laughs) and (laughs) Uh, hilarious and some colored sugar um at the carnation cafe sorry that is at the candy palace these are all in Disneyland, obviously. Uh, the Carnation Cafe has a raspberry lemonade shake, which looks phenomenal, which is raspberry lemonade and vanilla ice cream. Yummy. And a spicy chicken sandwich, which I don't see how this is at all themed to the electrical parade, but I guess it's a special sandwich that they have because of the electrical parade that might stick around because that actually sounds really good. Spicy fried chicken breast, pepper jack cheese, creamy mustard slaw, and cilantro. Anything with cilantro is magical. Cilantro is like cilantro is like arugula. I could have both of those on anything. The slaw sounds good on there too. Creamy mustard slaw? Yeah, it like, does. Uh, like on the actual sandwich? Yeah, I mean it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah, wild. 
There's no picture, so I can't be certain, but it sounds like it would be on it. And then at the Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlor, they have an adorable Fantasia Waffle Bowl Sunday in a bright red waffle bowl. Mm. It says brightly colored, so I don't know if it comes in other colors, but the one that's pictured is red, and it looks really fun. Um, but it is... Fantasia ice cream, which is apparently a nostalgic blend of cherry, pistachio, and banana ice cream. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so the sundae has caramel sauce, multicolored candies, whipped cream, and a cherry. And at the Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe, I got to eat there. I got a Matterhorn cookie that was actually, uh, so it was a, a macaroon, which, so like the coconut cookie, not macaron, the fancy french ones that i make um and it was shaped like a matterhorn and it was actually probably the best macaroon i've ever had in my entire life it was so delicious and i also had a like raspberry gruyere grilled cheese of some sort anyway really good grilled cheese too anyway so the the jelly holiday (laughs) bakery cafe has a ladybug macaron which they actually spelled right so thank you disney a red and black ladybug macaron shell filled with strawberry buttercream, strawberry marmalade, and freeze-dried strawberry flecks. I really wish there was a picture of that because that sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. Mm, yummy. A pineapple coconut parfait with... This one actually is featured. Layers of coconut jelly, strawberry filling, and pineapple mousse. And then it has a little white chocolate Main Street electrical parade circle chocolate medallion. And then a Cheshire Cat Linzer cookie. I also make amazing Linzer cookies at Christmas. Just saying. Um, Linzer cookie with strawberry gel. So it's like a Linzer cookie, like the ones that have like a pocket in the middle of them, like a like a indentation that you put a little gel icing thingy. In the so middle? it's actually two. It's actually two cookies that you sandwich together. But yes, the top one has a little cutout in the middle in it. Yeah. Look at you knowing your cookies. Mm. The refreshment corner has a firefly hot dog, which looks amazing. It's an all-beef dog topped with chili, shredded cheese, fried corn chips, and jalapenos. Firefly Mm. chips, which is corn chips, fireflies, if you will, topped with chili, cheese, and jalapenos. So basically the firefly dog without the dog. And a chili mac bread bowl Mm. is a sourdough bread bowl filled with chili mac and cheese. Mm, chili mac and cheese sounds so delicious. The Plaza Inn has the Main Street Electrical Parade cake, which is a colorful vanilla sponge cake with cream cheese frosting, mixed berry marmalade, cream cheese frosting. I don't know why it says cream cheese frosting twice. Sprinkles and chocolate decorations. It's probably because it's filled with cream cheese frosting and coated with cream cheese frosting. But it's really cool because it's, and forgive me if I don't actually know what colors these are, but it looks like red, green, and blue. Yeah, it sounds about right. And I saw a picture the other day of it. And it's kind of like checkered throughout the whole cake. It's really cool. So they also have a really cool photo pass shot, which is what I wrote down. But photo pass shot just sounds like memory magic, magic maker shot. It's not because it's literally just a photo pass picture where you're holding the electrical parade logo thing. But it's super cute anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. We are celebrating the Haunted Mansion's 50th anniversary 
as of August 9th in both the Disney World and Disneyland. So there's a lot of really, really awesome merchandise for this. So for starters, there is a ghost a host cupcake, which just sounds like, why? Why? Ghost a host? Like, they ghost should, they should have called host? it a, ghost the ghost host cupcake? Uh, like, <laughs> could have been like a Twinkie or something. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, I dropped the ball with the name, but hey, it's cool. Uh, so it is a chocolate cupcake with a chocolate truffle filling. Yum. Crispy pearls, buttercream ice cream, and a milk chocolate piece. And the milk chocolate piece is really cool because it's like purple, navy blue, black, and green hands. I don't know. I'm colorblind. No idea what color this is. Holding a death certificate maybe for Constance Hatchaway the bride I don't know it's really cool so aside from the awesome cupcake they also have some really great merchandise they have these really awesome light up jars and they are different characters from the haunted mansion including Constance Hatchaway Professor Phineas Plump and the Hatbox Ghost Hatbox Ghost I apparently just can't say that but they are available in the cart in New Orleans Square in Disneyland or at Memento Mori in Disney World. So I might make you go there several times to get all of these things. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow, so I will definitely go get a couple of those. I don't think they're available till the... Actual anniversary? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, though, but I mean, you can always check if you're going to be there. Yeah, yeah. And then you get a death certificate. For the spirit that you choose. Oh, how what? fucking cool. So cool. So we should get all of them because I feel like they would be really great centerpieces for <clears throat> like a wedding. Yeah. So that that so you can't bitch at me for buying them since we have a wedding to pay for. <laughs> so the life should be for that the will just be that will just be factored into yes. wedding costs. Uh so I'm not a huge fan of the light up Mickey ears. Yeah, the ones that were like the uh, light up to the show ones. Not even, but they have like the Star Wars ones that have oh, like lightsabers yeah. and like yeah. some weird stuff. Not a super huge fan, but they have them in Disney World at Memento Mori. They have the light up headbands with the Mickey ears with the hitchhiking ghosts, which actually I might own them, but it's just because it's Haunted Mansion and I'm obsessed. I want to see them. Uh, I want to see them in action. I wonder if they actually like make like the hitchhiking ghosts like do their little thumb, you know, hitchhiking thing. Because it you know, doesn't. It doesn't look like it. But that would be really freaking cool if it did. Well, yeah, because usually the point of those ears is it's an animation thing that it does, which is I, which is what for me personally I appreciate about those ears, is that it's an yeah. animation sequence. You know what I mean? Like the Star Wars ones are like a battle going on of like Tie Fighters and X Wings and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, this is a picture <coughs> of them not lit up, so there's a very real chance that they do do that. Cool. But that's really cool. Yeah. And then they also have a toy replica of a dune buggy. Yeah, mm. we can get one of those too. And then a 50th anniversary ornament. That's really nice. And then they have the 50th anniversary ear hat, which I oh want God. like 12 of them. It's amazing. So the actual hat itself is the wallpaper, but mixed with gold. So for the 50th anniversary, obviously. And then the ears are gold with images of... It looks like the Disneyland mansion. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of words, and then I can't 
exactly see what the other side of it is, but they look amazing and I need to own them. And then they have a Haunted Mansion Hatbox Ghost t-shirt, which is super awesome. And then a really cute one that I don't know if you've seen any of the artwork that they have that's like super cartoony. They had one that was uh, red and pink. And I told Amy that it was Christmas themed and she said, no, that's pink. But to me, it was green and red. Anyway, uh, (laughs) so it's like those kind of cartoons, but it's four different images and they're all different colors of the ride. It looks like Madame Leota and the Hitchhiking Ghosts and the Hatbox Ghost and maybe the graveyard scene i don't know super cute they have an alex and ani charm set which i stopped collecting alice and alex and ani bracelets a really long time ago but i feel like i kind of need to own this one and then they have some exclusive pins which we need to own all of and then they have the 50th anniversary dooney and burke collection that apparently is going to exist in ye the ye old christmas shop in disney world huh so, I mean, if you want to get me a wedding present, <coughs> that would be something good to so get. Is <coughs> what, what is it, a bag? For me. There are three bags. I want the big one. Okay. Cool. But it's amazing. So, it's, I think, black and gray and gold. And it has the 50th anniversary, I don't want to say keychain, but I don't know, little leather dangly thingy, maduhiki on it. So apparently Frontier Trading Post in Disney World is going to have a commemorative day of pin. And I guess it's a mystery pin collection. And they also have a glow-in-the-dark Madame Leota Funko Pop. That's what what that is. That's what that is. See, I didn't think it was a Funko Pop because it's out of the box. Holy shit. Where is this at? So, So this is being... So, oh, it's actually really funny. So, according to Walt Disney World, this haunted mansion haunted. Whew, sorry, I'm so excited, I can't get the words out. According to Walt Disney World, this haunted hop. <laughs> I'm so excited! I'm too excited. Okay, again. According to Walt Disney World, this haunted mansion merchandise will materialize. That's a really hard sentence to say. I'm just saying. At 7.45 a.m. on August 9th. Where? Um, at Memento Mori. And then I guess the Madame Leota Funko Pop is at Frontier Trading Post. But you'll also have early access to the Haunted Mansion at that time. So, I mean, you know, get up early. Go to Magic Kingdom for me. Okay, thanks. They also have a mansion photo pass opportunity in Disney World. So in the past, you used to be able to get a magic shot with just one of the traveling ghosts. And it's a little short one with the beard. But it looks like the new photo op is with all three ghosts, which is awesome. Because you only used to be able to do that during the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. Nice. Which we're doing this year. I'm doing it twice. Mm -hmm. I have no costume for either yet. We'll make them happen. Can we just like go naked for the one in September? Because it's going to be that hot. One of my goals in life is to do a naked run down Main Street to the castle. I understand, but that's going to get you kicked out, and I would like to continue visiting. Well, I'll do it when I'm like 80. My balls are like down on my knees. I feel like at that point they might not like kick you out. You could like plead insanity, and they'd let you back in. I'll just tell them I'm one of the hitchhiking ghosts. (laughs) I don't know. So that segues us into Disney World 
And there are some security construction updates for Magic Kingdom. Whew. Which you're all going to want to know about if you are traveling to Magic Kingdom. Because it seems like a clusterfuck. And it has been. Hasn't it been like hours that people have been waiting in line to get through no, that Magic was Kingdom security? That was, that was because they had the uh, the faulty issue with uh, the the. the Ticket readers not reading tickets. They were reading magic bands, but they weren't reading actual tickets. Ugh. So they had like three uh, or four hour waits for people trying to get into the just to get through the ticket center. But I guess there's apparently a labyrinth of construction walls. Yeah, we and experienced it. Starts, it. it starts with the bus loops and then like continues to through the security area. But some of these pictures and I feel like when you're actually there it's probably not as confusing and intense as this but it looks pretty aggressive yeah that's right because if you take a bus to the park you have to go through the security check the bag check right there oh but when you park you go on the monorail so you don't experience any of that right yeah that the, the ticket and transportation center that's where the but still the, like when we went last time for your little you know half a day trip here it was uh we had to like walk through and walk from the car. But that the was at the ticket and transportation center. So, right. but even there, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That was pretty crazy. But <coughs> there's like steel gates and not gates. What do, what do they call them? There's the go, a name for them. It's the go away green walls. They have silver railings as far as the, oh, yeah. the green yeah, yeah. walls. The corrals. That are in place. Yeah. So it seems like it's probably a lot more organized than it looks from these pictures. But just keep in mind, if you're going to Magic Kingdom, there's a lot of construction and just be prepared. Oh, it's because they're taking... Oh, oh my God. This is like the saddest picture ever. I'm going to send it to you and you're going to cry because it's... Hold on. Let me actually find you so I can send it to you. Um, but it's all of the, come on, send the picture. It's all of the, not plaques, tiles being torn up. And there's literally just a pile mm -hmm. of all of them. Oh, Real dude, sad. I'm just not seeing that Funko Pop. Holy shit balls. Isn't she perfect? Yes. She's going to perfectly be in a box forever. Yeah, all the tiles up. Yeah, so if you donated uh, a tile... They're uh, no longer there, but you can go to Disney Springs to the co-op and have a uh, replica tile made for yourself to memorialize. And you would have received an email or a letter in the mail if you had one created where you can get the replica made for like 10 bucks. Yeah, instead of 30, and I think it is. Yeah, 30 to however much, because I think the glitter ones that I showed you are probably more expensive. But yeah, so keep a lookout for that, because if you had one made, you can get one for a lot less than a brand new one, which we are getting several of. So there are new World Showcase passports in Epcot, and it's actually really cute. It's a navy blue passport, kind of like what a passport looks like, and it has silver, a silver print of a really cute little Mickey with a halo, almost, of the different flags of the different countries and it's super cute and it comes on a little lanyard if you want and i believe it comes with stickers which the new food and wine ones come with as well because apparently stamps are overrated 
Huh, that's kind of silly though, because I think that I think the experience of going and finding the cast member that has the stamp makes part of the experience the experience. I know. I agree. But I guess even the old passport had stickers in it. It was okay, so the old one, I don't know if you remember, was in the like brown packaging. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm sending it. And the new one comes with a lanyard and is a thousand times more amazing. It looks more like an actual passport, which is really nice. Or not nice. I don't know. I like it. I think it's cool. Cool. And I feel like kids will be able to play pretend a little bit better because it actually looks more like a real passport. So the the cover looks like a leather bound passport and it has the silver. Yeah, so it is the World Showcase Passport, a Mickey button, and 77 stickers. Huh. I didn't realize there were 77 countries in <laughs> the World Showcase. But yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you include food and wine. No, it's it's actually really awesome. So I guess there is... It's really cute. I like it a lot more. So on each page, it says, like, date of entry and time of entry, and there's four different spots, or five, or six, or seven for each of them. So I guess when you visit the country, there's the first stamp, and there are probably six or so in each of the countries with different stamps for different places that you visit in each of the countries. So I feel like it gives you a lot more education from each of the places. Yeah, there's a page of stickers from each country, so there are seven stamps cool and i like that they're stamps too they're stickers but i mean the fact that it's like a stamp you know what I mean? they look like stamps sorry yes germany is all snow white you like that and each of the mickey stickers for each of the countries is really cute so okay so there's a sticker that is the flag from the country and then there is a sticker that is mickey's face and half of it's mickey and the other half is spaceship earth faded into mickey it's amazing I approve. Oh, yeah. Cute. I love it. Honorary ambassadors buttons. It kind of re- reminds me of the, uh, the the fanatic soccer player fans that have their faces all painted like their, their flag of their country. I like it. It's cute. I guess they do still have stamps because there is a picture of a cast member signing a passport and there are two Canadian stamps, three Canadian stamps. Two that say Canada and one that's the maple flag. Bonjour. (laughs) The the maple leaf. The maple flag. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) So aside from the passports in Epcot, they released the pass holder gifts for food and wine, which are super adorable. They have two magnets. One is Remy and the background is yellow and it kind of looks like a wheel of cheese. Super friggin' cute. And then there is Minnie with her cute little chef's hat, and it's got the little daisy sticking out of it. And the background is pink, maybe, with forks, spoons, and knives. Adorable. And then they also have a coaster set. And so how it works is you can get the magnets at any time, but to get the coaster set, you have to visit four times during Food and Wine. And the coaster set is really cute because they're wood coasters. So if you got the pass holder gift from last year, it was the cutting board that had Mickey imprinted on it. And this one 
is coasters but mini and so it's super cute so it'll kind of match what we got last year which is awesome and then starting august 29th pass holders can pick up a simba magnet at the Disney Trading Co. in Animal Kingdom. And he's super cute, too. The background's red. His little Simba being super happy. Cartoon Simba. Mm-hmm. Not live-action Simba. And I cannot wait to own him. And now, a lot of people complain that people steal their magnets off of their cars. I put my magnets on my fridge. And they don't get stolen. I think the magnet thing is a fun idea for the cars. However, uh, they typically will ruin your paint job. Yeah, you have to move them around often. Yeah. All right, so my next bit of news has to do with Galaxy's Edge. And (laughs) I found an article that said Walt Disney World's Galaxy's Edge will have more alcohol than Disneyland, which is pretty fucking obvious. (laughs) What's what's that saying, though? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so, okay, so. (laughs) I I get because Disneyland is like, you know, Walt's footsteps, and, you know, they. Hey, hey, my news. Shut up. Jesus. Okay, so obviously, because it's in Hollywood Studios versus in Disneyland, and I just want to say that I'm really upset about this, that it even has alcohol in it in Disneyland, because it was Walt's dream, vision, for it to be a dry park, for there not to be any alcohol, because you don't need alcohol to have fun. Side note, when I was staying at the all-star sports this actually really pissed me off there was a guy a father most definitely a father who went down to the gift shop while i was there and bought four bottles of jack okay four bottles of jack like four like full bottles or like small like shot size no they were probably like like a liter yeah four so he was enjoying and that, himself. And that, no, that bothers me. Like, why can't you have fun with your children without alcohol? Oh, because the kids are what's making them drink. <laughs> okay, so here's the argument for that. I can appreciate that thought and philosophy. And yes, I know it's true that uh, Walt did want that. However, he also wanted a place that he can go and have a cocktail with his buddies. Hence the original uh, concept of Club Original. <laughs> yes, that too. So I get it, but it pisses me off that they're like, oh, Walt's dead. Let's make Disneyland alcoholic now. But it's we also go along with Walt's philosophy that the parks will never, ever stop changing and evolving. And it's 2019, and we got a lot of millennial, childrenless people walking around <laughs> that like to drink alcohol. I understand, alcohol. but I don't, feel, I don't feel like that is a positive change. No, I, I get it. I know. I know. So I mean, anyways, so come to, fucking, come to fucking Florida and get shit-faced. I mean, there's websites dedicated to how to drink around the world properly, which we will be getting into in an episode. I here. understand, but Epcot and Magic Kingdom are two different parks. And I get it, Magic Kingdom is not Disneyland. It's not the original Disneyland. So as far as drinking there, all right. But Disneyland was... Walt's Park. Uh, Miss, I have snuck alcohol into Magic Kingdom and mixed it with my Dole Whips. (laughs) Oh, I have. That doesn't mean I believe in alcohol being served there. So here's the thing, though, is that you can't have open container in those parks. Where Epcot, you can walk around and have open container. 
I understand, but like that's the start. It started with just be our guest having alcohol and then it went to a few of the table services and now it's every table service in magic kingdom so how soon before you can walk around with an open container they won't allow it it, i don't know because because they didn't because they didn't have alcohol for the longest time so how long before they have dole whips with rum at aloha isle hopefully tomorrow shut up You can go to Animal Kingdom and get one. Or you can get shit-faced at your hotel before you go to the park. Or get shit-faced at Epcot before you go to Magic Kingdom. I understand what you're saying, though. If anyway, ke- so Galaxy's Edge and Walt Disney World, because it's Hollywood Studios and... Yes. <laughs> not Disneyland will have... I feel like that hiccup was super fitting there. I'll have more alcohol than... Oh, fucking A. We'll have more alcohol than... Disneyland. Including the blue milk. Yeah, the blue milk's going to have alcohol in it. I'm excited. At least it's not the green milk, because the green milk people don't want to drink. I thought it was the blue milk that people don't want to drink. I don't remember. Everybody says all of it tastes like ass. (laughs) One of them is awful. All right, so the milk stand will offer tropical-flavored blue milk with Bacardi rum and a more citrusy green milk with... Oh, Corazon Blanco tequila, which for some reason, okay, maybe it's because someone else, no names mentioned, always pronounces this tequila, but I didn't realize that it was Corazon because that's hard. Huh. Anyway, um, and then at Ronto Rosters, you can get a $15. Ronto Rosters or Ronto Roasters? That might be what it is. You're mm-hmm. right. Because they use the uh, the jets from the pod racers to roast the giant uh, mammoth-like alien creatures. Like tauntauns? Yes. Are we not supposed to eat them? I hear they're delicious. So once upon a time, it's a side note, but like totally on subject. Once upon a time, I was working at Verizon in Shrewsbury, and there was a Chipotle across the parking lot. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> by either <Yes>. and <laughs> one winter it snowed four feet while we were working and we couldn't close because we were the spot where emergency vehicles could come to get their phones fixed if they needed them and the parking lot was snow covered and because it was a parking lot versus the street there wasn't all that gross dirty snow and they had plowed it but there was still a nice layer of snow in the parking lot, and I took a picture, and it still exists on my Facebook, so every time I go into memories, it shows up, which is really fucking awesome, but I po- <laughs> I posted on Facebook a picture of this with a, hey, there's a Chipotle on Hoth. Nice. Did you go uh, find a Tauntaun and, like, gut it and, like, uh, stick your buddy inside there to keep him warm? <laughs> no, but we ate, we ate Chipotle with Tauntaun meat. Amazing. So, they have a Coruscant Cooler, which is a cocktail including Maker's Mark Bourbon, Coruscant, Coruscant, did I pronounce that wrong? I have no idea. Mr. Star Wars. Um, Anyway, so the cocktail includes Maker's Mark Bourbon, Luxardo Maraschino Liqueur, Carpano Antica Sweet Vermouth, Cranberry, and Lime Juice. 
And Rontos also offers an exclusive, oh my gosh, I have to pronounce this word, Trandoshan Ale for $13 from Miami's Concrete Beach Brewery. A $13 beer? It is a exclusive ale, sweetheart. Oh, it's worth it. <laughs> you say so. <laughs> and uh, Batu guests can also fuel up on drinks at the Docking Bay 7. And I don't know if this is going to be open when I'm there. I know that I'm only able to visit Olga's Cantina, but they have a $15 Taco Dano quencher, which is Bacardi Dragon Fruit Berry Rum, Blue Curacao Liquor, and Pineapple Kiwi Juices. So is it is it bad of me to the, be jealous of the one thing that you're going to experience while you're there is getting to see Rex? Aww. And then in Florida only, Docking Bay 7 and Ogus Canteen will have a Gold Squadron Lager mm. from New York's Blue Point Brewery for thirteen twenty-five. That seems like a very expensive. But here's what's super beverage. cool about that, though, is like a brewery gets a chance to be involved with something like this to create a beer that's made for Star Wars. And How it's cool. super. Ex- I assume it's super exclusive to just yeah the park. Which is awesome. I would I would love to see like behind the scenes how Disney goes about uh, contacting and uh, recruiting the breweries, or if the breweries like say, "Hey, Disney, we got this new thing we've been making. What do you guys think about this?" And Disney's like, "Holy shit, we're gonna make that our golden X-wing fighter medallion uh, gimmick." Oh, I guess there's a lot more drinks that Florida offers because at Olga's in Florida they have. Uh, Rodian ration, ration, ration. That's the word. I said it right in my head, which is a cocktail that has vodka, sour apple liqueur, Sprite, barf, and green apple popping pearls. Ooh, that sounds amazing, though. Popping pearls. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like anal beads. (laughs) (laughs) So in Anaheim, guests cannot leave Oga's Cantina with their alcoholic beverages. Yeah. But, okay, so I guess it doesn't say whether you can leave at Oga's or Docking Bay, but I assume because most of them are served in, like, tiki mug-style beverage containers that you're not going to be able to. It'll kind of be like a Trader Sam's where, like, you could totally walk around the resort with with alcohol, but you can't because you the cup that you're getting is not that specific one that you're drinking out of but the milk stand will let you walk around with the spiked alcohol so you know that's going to be the first thing i do yeah and i kind of wondered if it was going to be like a rum runner and a margarita you know kind of thing i mean it kind of it kind of sounds like it as frozen beverages um I'm kind of maybe regretting my going from 9 a.m. to 1 because I don't know what time Oga's or Docking Bay opens. I wonder if they'll let me drink alcohol at 9 in the morning. I've bought alcohol at Epcot at 11. I, no, I know. 11 is like a normal time to drink alcoholic beverages. I'm just wondering if for the pass holder preview, they'll let me drink as early as 9 a.m. Oh, yeah. What time is your reservation for Olga's? Nine. Uh, well, I just I'm in the park from 9 to 1. Okay, because I th- I th- you may have to make reservations for Olga's, huh? No? I assume I will have to, but they said that they were going to send me an email closer to the actual event date okay. with more details. So I'll find out then. I still can't believe I got freaking pass holder previews. Like, I'm so fucking excited. Thank you for making me 
buy the flight down so that I can do this. Thank you for talking me into it. You are welcome, love. Very excited. Yeah. Although I can't, I, I'm not allowed to get a lightsaber without you. So yes. that'll be one thing that I can't do. Although it's going to take a lot of self-control not to do that. <coughs> Just think of the kids, honey. Think of the kids. What if I like get one and don't tell you about it and then get a second one? And then like 20 years from now, I'm like, hey, babe, remember that time that I said I wasn't going to get a lightsaber and I did? Although with my luck, we'll go back and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, you're back again. <coughs> Ruining everything. I'll know because the force is strong. And we have the same brain, so you'll just know. Yes. So next in Disneyland Paris, because I don't have a really good segue into this because it's a completely different story. They released a behind the scenes for The Lion King and Jungle 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 Festival on their YouTube channel. And it is a show that is running through September 22nd. And it looks really cool. And I really love behind the scenes footage of literally any show. So this is really cool and I can't wait to watch it. Heck yeah. And then in Hong Kong Disney, they have released new princess experiences with the transition to the new castle. So there has been significant construction that has gone on for the transformation and they have some really fun awesome new Disney princess experiences so they opened up a bippity boppity boutique which is really cool so that's in the castle area and it's an immersive princess transformation just like in Disney World I don't know if they have it at Disneyland I'm not sure And then there is also a magical stay in the Cinderella Suite, which is at the Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel. Huh, nice. And the interior decor is heavily inspired by the classic tale. A tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. And then they have a princess pin collection at the merchandise shops, which is now through December 2019, so now through the end of the year. And they're truly one-of-a-kind pins and super awesome keepsakes. So definitely check out those if you are in Hong Kong Disneyland. We got to go. I mean, we're probably not going to get there before the end of the year, but we will definitely go. Yeah. Agreed. And in Shanghai Disney, they have the Disney Inspiration Run, which is really awesome. And it's happening this October, and it's super Halloween-themed. And so the 5K is on October 20th. The 3.5K, which is super random. Yeah, that's really strange. (laughs) I've never heard of a 3.5K. But uh, that is on October 19th and 20th. And then the kids run is on... It doesn't... It actually doesn't say. But it's really cute because for the 5K, Mickey is dressed up as a pirate. Cute. And it looks like for the 3.5K, random, Donald is dressed as a superhero. So it's super cute. Nice. And then for the kids race, it's Chippendale. And they're adorable. And then, 
Tokyo Disney has released its Halloween merchandise. Sorry, Tokyo Sea has released its Halloween merchandise. And it's amazing. I bet. So they have a really cool pin that is Mickey inside this frame that has bat wings. And it says Halloween 2019. And then it looks like there is a Mickey and Minnie keychain. And they are both in costume. It looks like... Mickey is dressed as a prince, sort of, because it doesn't look like a Kingdom Hearts Mickey. I don't remember. I played the game, and I have no idea. And then Minnie is dressed as a princess, and then they have a really cool fitted cap that has Mickey. I assume it's probably all of the characters on it. So... They have Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Daisy and Goofy dressed as like knights and princesses. And it's really super cute. And they're keychains and they're awesome. And then they have an awesome mug as Mickey looking like a badass prince. And a really awesome stainless steel mug that I wish I owned. So let's go to Tokyo Disney. I would love to. And this really awesome cape. That kind of looks like bat wings, and it's amazing and magical. Wow. Yeah, totally. I love it. And then there is, oh, they have washi tape. Okay, so to anyone who bullet journals, washi tape is amazing. And they have Tokyo Disney Halloween-themed washi tape, and I kind of need to own it and start bullet journaling again. And they have these really cute glasses that kind of look like spider webs. And gloves that kind of look like spider webs. What and apparently lip gloss. Candle keychain. That candle keychain is amazing. And it kind of reminds me of the black flame candle from Hocus Pocus, but I know that's not what it is. Well, it's, and it's got it's got Mickey like in the actual image of the candle too. That you can't Looking at least, like you a can't badass. S- yeah, you can you can't see it until you actually turn the light on. And the handle's like a pair of like brass knuckles. And then they have souvenir snacks that you can take home that just have like that Mickey logo on them as like bags <coughs> and stuff, which is super cute. And that's it. That's all I've got for uh, news around the world. Nice. Well, that was good stuff. A lot of things happening around there, around the world of Disney. And uh, thanks for sharing all that knowledge and information, especially the uh, new anal bead drink over at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> 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 Sounds delicious. <laughs> Well, now it's time for us to get into some history and some facts and fun things going on at Disney with this being the 30th anniversary of Splash Mountain. And uh, Splash Mountain, for myself personally, has been one of my favorite go-tos, uh, whether it's hot or cold. Uh, I know a lot of people avoid the ride usually when it's like 30 degrees out in Florida, which is once a year maybe we get that. Uh, I've been there. <clears throat> yeah, me too. But with all that being said, uh, Splash Mountain is an iconic uh landmark in the mountains of uh, the Disney mountains in a sense and uh, we did a little research and a lot of my information that I uh, am going to be reading you came from Kevin Perger who does a uh, YouTube show called Defunct Land and uh, he did a whole series on an episode on Splash Mountain which was very informative and uh, really good stuff and uh, besides his show we also did some research out there and some other facts and fun things. So 
1972, Bear Country opened at Disneyland to a big draw, and uh, the biggest thing that was there that was drawing people to that area was the Country Bear Jamboree. And although guests enjoyed the area and the show at first, over a period of about 15 years, it became a less visited show and land. Uh, one day in 1983, Imagineer Tony Baxter was sitting in traffic, waiting for cars to move, and he had the idea for something new that would bring guests back to Bear Country. At the time, CEO Dick at this time CEO Dick Nunes wanted Imagineers to create a water-based ride that would bring guests back to the area of Bear Country and cool them down at the same time. At first, he wanted a type of flume-based ride, but if they were going to be doing something uh, there in the park, they wanted it to be unique and fit the theming of the area of Bear Country. Baxter wanted to use characters from the Song of the South, and even though the movie won an Academy Award, the ride theming would just pull uh, the characters from the film and not include any of the underlying racial tones of the film itself. And also at the time, Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, and Br'er Bear were already walk-around characters, which is unique to Disneyland compared to uh, Walt Disney World. And it seemed fitting to base these characters as the central theming and story of the ride uh, around them. Back in June of 1974, uh, America Sings opened, and due to the lack of attendance and interest over the years, it closed in 1983. And the audio animatronics from that show uh, were eventually going to be torn down and taken out and recycled by Disney. But Tony Baxter had the idea of, of reusing those uh, for the uh, Splash Mountain ride and, and recycle them basically. Tony Baxter, along with Bruce Gordon and John Stone, uh, other Imagineers, spent three days preparing 30 storyboards and built a 120th scaled down model of the attraction. They were ready to present their idea to Disney. Originally known as the Zippity River Run, the attraction would be a log based flume ride incorporating animated segments from Song of the South. In 1984, the three Imagineers presented the new concepts to the new Disney CEO, Michael Eisner. Eisner wanted a new attraction that would draw more of a teenage crowd and thrill ride enthusiasts alike to the parks. Eisner didn't feel the name would entice this demographic and instead changed the name of the ride to Splash Mountain. This not only gave a sense of what the ride was about, but also tied in the, to the hit Disney film released that year, starring Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah, Splash. Eisner even went as far as suggested that a mermaid be included as an animatronic to tie in the film, but the Imagineers shot it down. The name stuck, though, as it tied the ride in with the other mountains in the parks. Construction wouldn't start until 1987 and became the first new ride based on an animated film built outside of Fantasyland. The main material used to build this facade was concrete instead of steel, but it was also able to withstand the elements of the ride, and the foundation itself was built below ground. This was done because the mountain itself stood 76 feet tall, and by having the foundation underground, it actually lowered it in the park, which allowed it to not overlook the Matterhorn or Sleeping Beauty's castle, but it still stood out in bear country. The main drop was at a 47 degree incline, a length of 52.5 feet, and topped out at 40 miles an hour. Upon the original test of the ride, Imagineers were getting soaked instead of just lightly sprayed. So they had to come up with an idea and something to make this change. Instead of using the original logs that they used in the first test, they went with logs that were actually 500 pounds lighter and dropped the number of passengers from 8 to 7 per log. The show elements consisted of 103 audio animatronics, many of which were recycled from the America Presents show. Once the new ride was ready for its grand opening in 1989, Disneyland updated the name of the land from Bear Country to Critter Country, tying the new ride and its variety of different types of animals the ride included to the land. 
On July 17, 1989, Disneyland's 34th birthday, Splash Mountain made its debut. Costing $75 million, it became one of the most expensive attractions up to that time. Splash Mountain's logs consisted of five single-file seats, with the last seat being larger for a parent and a small child to ride together, which makes either six or seven passengers per log. This 9-minute and 18-second long ride was such a hit, it brought in more guests as it increased attendance and spawned versions that eventually opened at Walt Disney World and Tokyo Disneyland. It was originally planned also for Disneyland Paris, but was scrapped due to budget concerns and also because of the frigid winter temperatures. While the story and show layout stayed the same, the flume part of the attraction were much different, having to be widened to accommodate the wider logs, which incorporated side-by-side seating, holding up to eight guests. The Magic Kingdom and Tokyo versions were carbon copies of Disneyland's, but had their own differences. The overall length of the track at Disneyland was 2,640 feet, with the ride lasting 9 minutes and 18 seconds, and had three drops. The Magic Kingdom's version was 2,600 feet, lasted for 11 minutes and 45 seconds, and has five drops, while Tokyo Disneyland's version has a track of 2,800 feet and lasts for 10 minutes, which includes four drops. Another difference is the locations of the rides. At the time, Tokyo Disneyland had to design and build a new Critter Country area in the park for Splash Mountain, while the Magic Kingdom placed the ride in the middle of Frontierland, closing off and demolishing a part of the original railroad track and train station, relocating both the track and the station to behind the new space that Splash Mountain took up. A few other differences is the soundtrack for the a few other differences is the soundtracks for the rides, with Disneyland's having a more big band sound, while Magic Kingdom's having a more bluegrass sound to blend in with the theming of Frontierland. They also had a slight variation to the story elements, and also the number of audio animatronics included in the rides were different, with Disneyland's having 103 animatronics, while both Tokyo and Magic Kingdom only having 68. Both Tokyo and Magic Kingdom's versions opened in the fall of 1992. Tokyo opened on October 1st, with Magic's opening a day later on October 2nd. Both locations' rides were a huge hit, with guests establishing it as one of Disney's best attractions of all time. Over the last 30 years, all three locations have had their various updates to the audio animatronics, along with paint and lighting, and continues to be a favorite for guests visiting the parks. So, one of the cool things that I read about is that, so as far as the soundtrack is concerned, they took a few of the songs from Song of the South, uh, and I guess the only way to hear Everybody's Got a Laughing Place and The Burroughs Lament is to actually find a bootleg version of this movie because they didn't release it at all on VHS or DVD. But the version of Zippity Doodah at the end was actually recorded by 75 cast members singing the song. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. That's really cool. I love that big grand show. Like once you go down the down the big slippery falls and you go around the corner and come in there and you see the big paddle boat. And it's and just stuff. like so happy. Oh, yeah, totally. I love it. So in, uh, gra- awesome. in high school, uh, we went to Magic Kingdom for grad night, and uh, we still to this day have conversations about the bees. And there's a scene in there where it's like the kind of the grimy, scary part where they finally caught the rabbit, and uh, it's 
black lights and stuff, and you go by all these beehives, and all these bees are just spinning around the beehives and stuff. And uh, still here, that was in 1995, so all so, these years later, we still talk about the bees. So in the movie The Song of the South, a tar baby is actually thrown into the... Oh my gosh, why can't I think of what it's called? The, uh, the Brer Patch? Is that what it is? Yeah. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm thinking of? That you like to play um, one night, like you, um, when you go down the big, the big fall? Yeah, so they changed it to beehives because a tar baby is symbolic of something super racist in the movie so they chose to change that which makes sense yeah. um, and then there are 950,000 gallons of water on Magic Kingdom Slash Mountain. Holy cow It's actually really funny because it says like in parentheses meaning you're definitely going to get soaked if you sit in the front I sit in the front all the time and I do not get that wet on that ride however when I sat in the front in Disneyland I was wet all day. So here's where I get wet the most, is after you go down that drop, when you turn the corner, <laughs> and the yeah. waterfall's coming down off the, and it's splashing off the rocks. And if, the, if and it's, you get stuck there. Yeah, and you get stuck there if it's bumper to bumper people in the, in the logs. Yeah, that's and it's usually if someone like a disabled person is getting on one of the one of the logs at the queue or something like that. It kind of backs everybody up a little bit, and you get stuck, and it just gets splashed. I love it. But it's such a great place to go. See, now, and I, I swore as a kid, I remembered... When you stood on the bridge to watch, that you would get wet standing on the bridge. But I think what I'm thinking of is the Tanganyika tidal wave at Bush Gardens. That when you stand on the bridge there, I know that they had their big flume drop, uh, which was a lot bigger of a boat, also, but just completely enca encapsulate the entire bridge with a wave of water. So up here at Canopy Lake Park, there is a ride called the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> nice. Um, and it's this log flume ride, and you literally go up and down, but you get soaked regardless of where you are on this ride. And it's like five people across, five rows back. It's a massive log that you ride down on, and you get off of the ride, and then there's this bridge that you can stand on. And when you stand on the bridge, it's literally just this like massive tidal wave of water that hits you, and it's the greatest thing ever. It is. It's the best. I love that shit. And seeing all the kids like walking around, freaking out about it and stuff, and laughing afterwards, you know, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, one other thing is actually I really want this soundtrack. Uncle Remus, the video Joss, who are later. Uncle Remus said, "How do you do?" And others is a vinyl that exists somewhere in the world that we need to own. But the voice of Br'er Rabbit is also the voice of Wacko, one of the Animaniacs. Ah, nice. Very cool. Jess Harnell. That's super cool. Yeah. And then yeah. the... So, so that's just on the ride, not Br'er Rabbit in the movie Song of the South. But the voice of Br'er Bear is done by Nick Stewart, who is the original actor who played him in Song of the South. Oh, nice. Heck yeah. I think one of the cool updates they did with the, the ride was when they had uh, Br'er Rabbit, like when he's like leaving home, and he's kind of bouncing along, going along next to the boat as you go by on, on his little pathway. It's a cute little uh, you know, addition to the ride as they updated it. 
And something cool. I love all the the prayer animals as you're going through the ride, like prayer possum. It's crazy though how many more Disneyland has, you know, which makes sense when they got the recycled ones from America Presents. Miss a lot. Like I don't four. remember that ride at all. The only thing I remember from that ride, actually, both times that I went on it, because I definitely went on it when I was there in 2014. But the m- biggest thing that I remember is that drop and how much wetter I got on that than the one in Disney World. Huh. Interesting. Which is Ana- disappointing. Like next time, I'm gonna need to actually pay attention to all the characters. <laughs> right. Another thing too that's different uh, with Disney World's version at the Magic Kingdom is that the paint of the mountain itself was uh, done to help it blend in better with Frontierland with that bright orange scheming uh, to go along with Thunder Mountain because initially the idea was they were going to be doing a uh, the area where Thunder Mountain is they were going to do a whole thing called Thunder Mesa that was there that was going to incorporate well they did that that's that exists in Disneyland Paris right and that's where that and that's why that eventually became the Paris because that that you know a lot of things that Disney comes up with ideas never die in a sense they kind of always keep them back in the banks you know and uh, so they eventually opened that but if part of part of the uh, Walt Disney World Express you get some of the Thunder Mesa stuff uh, in the back behind scenes with some of the animatronics and the animals and the villages and stuff. And then also on the uh, the paddle boat that takes you around, also there's some other scenes that you see from the boat, the ferry there, that uh, kind of gives you some insights to what potentially could have been for the Thunder Mesa. Um, I thought this little fact was super cool. So apparently there's a sh- shout out to uh, Florida State University. So I guess there's a little gopher that sounds like he's sneezing on the ride, but he's actually saying FSU. Huh. Which is the alma mater to several of the Disney Imagineers who worked on the ride. Interesting. So I thought that was super fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, something else I learned too, another, uh, which I, uh, uh, TPN Vids does a, a, some really good, great, I'll put their link in the show notes, uh, some great YouTube sh- shows, like some hidden Mickey stuff, hidden stuff. Um, but in, uh, if you want to know what looks, what Br'er Rabbit's house, inside of his house looks like, if you go into the Br'er Rabbit the store, the Br'er Patch, I think it's called, um, up in the ceiling, it, it actually has the entire interior of his house up in the top. It's very similar when you go into the uh, the store at that Mickey's, Sir Mickey's store. Remember when I showed you the giant? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's little things you always got to make sure you're looking up because you'll, you'll miss a lot of stuff. Okay, so I guess when Critter Country was Bear Country... When they had the Country Bear Jamboree near the entrance was a cave where guests could hear Rufus snoring, which yes. was like the sleeping bear. Yep. And so when Slash Mountain moved at the beginning of the ride, they actually have a really cute little cave where you can hear him snoring. Yes, that's right. I remember hearing about that. That's super cool. And I love that Disney does that. They pay homage to their past and their rides and stuff like that. It's so great. Especially for I all love the... how they just tie everything in together. Cool, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fun too. They can evolve and change and still tie things together and kind of keep the past there. A lot of fun. So now that we've shared some history on the 30th anniversary of Splash Mountain, uh, we'd love to know what your favorite part of that ride is. And you can leave that in the comment section on our post on whatever, uh, on our Instagram, I guess we'll be posting this up there, which you can follow us on Instagram at FCA underscore Disney. And I'll have the link for you all in the show notes. If you're not yet following us on there, we're doing all kind of fun posts and updating things. And uh, we'll be doing our vlogging pretty soon, which we'll post on YouTube here shortly. 
So last little bit, the drop is actually supposed to... Could I think of the word I'm looking for here? Fucking A. It existed in the world. Symbolize? Is that so the word I'm looking for? Give you a sensation of... Is supposed to be a reenactment? Is supposed to... Fucking A, hold on. Give me a second. There you go! So that drop at the end is supposed to represent the Br'er Rabbit being thrown into the Briar Patch. Yeah, interesting. Which is super awesome. And now it's time for us to get into our food segment of the day. Oh, fuck. That's me, too. Shit, I'm so drunk. With our... Uh, <laughs> with our What the Forky Food segment. I want you to meet Forky! So my first WTF food is the Lion King Petite Cake from Amaretz, and it's super adorable. It is a fondant wrapped cake with an adorable picture of Simba, the cartoon version of Simba, on it. And it's actually, <laughs> it's a little awkward looking. Because it's Simba and it's got a really cute, almost like mane done in red fondant. And then a really long tail coming from like behind his head down the side of the cake. And the description from the website is a vanilla and chocolate chiffon cakes with amarula mousse, pineapple jam, and... This actually really confused me in the description that I was reading from someone who wrote a tiny bit of a review for it until I actually read what the description was, which is chocolate-covered potato chips because they said the chips were soggy, and I thought that it was like the chocolate pearls that they normally put in the mousse of the cakes at Amaretz, and I was like, mmm, it's kind of how they're supposed to taste, and then I read that it's chocolate-covered potato chips, which... I normally really love, but apparently maybe not so good in this cake. Hmm. It's like on the, on the top of it? No, inside. That's kind of weird, though. Maybe that's why. Like between one of the layers. Huh. But usually chocolate-covered potato chips will kind of hold their shape, in a sense. Like, they'll still be crunchy, because Trader Joe's makes chocolate-covered potato chips, and those are amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. So, I don't know. Maybe they're, like, broken-up chocolate-covered potato chips which would i guess get soggy yeah i don't know kind of funky at sunshine seasons i don't think i can even say that sober so there we go it is a sugar cookie ice cream sandwich and it is drizzled in chocolate and rolled in chocolate pearls and i think it sounds amazing but someone said it's not good and not worth it but i would still eat it anyway hmm. that's at the place i get my margaritas from at hollywood no, Sunshine Seasons is an Epcot in the land downstairs. That oh, whole yeah. Yep. That's where I get lunch at. court that they have there. So delicious. I got a breakfast quiche thing that was like a layered quiche once, and it was amazing. And I would eat that for every meal forever, and I've they never had it again. They have a giant like Thanksgiving turkey sandwich on a like a... Uh, panay bread, I think that's how you say it, maybe. Panini? Yeah, panini, there you go. Yeah, it's really good. It's I'm huge. Not, 
all of their cupcakes are really amazing. Every time Amy and I go there, I always take pictures of all the cupcakes. We never get any of them, but they're always absolutely amazing. And then they have a lemon springtime cheesecake in Norway. This looks amazing. So it's a cheesecake, and it's layered, and it's purple, and then blue, and yellow, and pink. And it's topped with, like, a little dollop of whipped cream and one of those lemon candy fruit slices. Mm. And I want it, and it sounds amazing, and it looks beautiful, and who doesn't like lemon cheesecake? It's delicious. It looks so pretty. Well, lemon lemon cheesecake? I've never had before. I've had, like, lemon squares, but, like, lemon cheesecake, I guess it's similar. Have you ever had, like, cheesecake with lemon... No. Never had any... Never had lemon on anything cheesecake ever. Hmm, Super good. Maybe we'll have to get these. Yes. When we're there. Because we'll be there on September 1st. Yay. What? And then (laughs) my super (laughs) what the fuck food (laughs) is the uh, Casey's Fried Pickle Dog. Now, I would eat this because I love fried pickles. And it sounds pretty amazing. But let me tell you all about it. Let me find it, and I'll tell you all about it. So, it is called the Fried Pickle Hot Diggity Dog. It is available in regular or mighty footlong. And it is an all-beef hot dog topped with roasted green and red peppers, shredded cheddar cheese, Fried pickles, chipotle ranch, and green onions. And then it's served with french fries or apple slices. And the picture of this just looks amazing. But also, I mean, if you don't like fried pickles or pickles at all, you may not like it, but I want it. It looks good. Well, doesn't a traditional Chicago dog have a pickle slice on it? I don't know. I'm not from Chicago. I just figured maybe you would have had a traditional Chicago dog. <clears throat> it's usually has like mustard and a pickle, pickle, like a dill pickle slice. So my hot dog with Miracle Whip on the bun, ketchup, mustard, and dill pickle relish. Why uh, Miracle Whip? Because it's better than mayonnaise. Mm, you haven't had Dukes yet. You can't say that. When you get down here, you'll, you'll have Dukes and you'll be like, oh my God, this is way better than Miracle Whip. <clears throat> I promise. I, mm, I, I don't think so. Like, does it taste like homemade, like natural mayonnaise because i've had that shit and it's good but nothing is miracle whip miracle whip's not mayonnaise though it's miracle whip it's like i know i i never said like i put miracle (laughs) whip as a substitute to mayonnaise i said i put miracle whip because it's bomb as fuck ah okay touche you'll try some dukes and you'll be like i like mayonnaise now I, I like mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, I could eat mayonnaise by the spoonful, but sometimes I prefer Miracle Whip. Okay. Like I prefer a Diet Coke every once in a while? Ugh, gross. No, <laughs> not even not even the same. Yeah, fried pickle dog. Sounds interesting. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's talking about things about Splash Mountain. It was the 30th anniversary, some history in the parks, some happenings of what's going on now and in the future, as well as some fun things with food. And if you want to follow us on the social webs, social feeds, we have our Instagram. It's at FIA underscore Disney. Same as our link on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at FIA Disney. And if you want to leave us a comment or send us an email, you can hit us up on the emails at FIADSNY at gmail.com. I'll have all the links for all that in the show notes. 
And until next time, as a great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. Oh, hurry back, we would like your call.